You are listening to listener-supported Elisha Space Podcast, where we discuss topics of faith and mental health. Today we have Christopher Massey, who is a motivational speaker and mental health advocate with us, who will be sharing his lived experience of how faith and mental health have brought him healing. All right, well, thank you for joining us here at Elisha Space Audience. Today, I have the fantastic, the wonderful Chris Massey, and Chris is a mental health advocate as well as a motivational speaker, and he's just someone that's really, really amazing. I thought you guys would want to hear his story about how he has overcome some things in his life, and he shares his story with other people. Um, in our community, and it really inspires them and gives them hope. So I thought, how nice it would be to bring some of that hope to you. So, Chris, thank you for joining us on the show. It truly is an honor to have and a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I truly appreciate it. I'm excited to uh, share my story and share it in front of your audience. And uh, I'm just happy to be here. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited, Elisha. Well, I, I'm I'm excited as well, and I can't wait to hear um, from the audience when after they hear the show how it's given them um, some helpful information as well as some hope. Because without hope, you know, it's difficult to be motivated to move forward. So I think Absolutely. hope is a powerful thing, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely, we we you have to have hope. Lord, if you don't have hope, what do you have? <laughs> That's so true. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you tell the audience, you know, how um, you got to where you are? What what brought you to where you are today regarding the journey that you've been on? Sure, absolutely. Um, so my journey started, uh, started a while ago, but when I started my my mental health organization, the advocacy organization, it really stemmed when I was a little bit younger. And a lot of people, um, a lot of my teenage friends would always like reach out to me and just have me talk, you know, give them advice and all those things. And then when I went through my own, uh, own issues in life, it was really me depending on God. So I am strength is the name of my mental health organization. And it came from two incidents in my life, two big incidents. Um, one was a car accident that I was in uh, in 2006, I believe it was, where a guy hit me head on. Um, I was in the hospital for a week. I was home ridden for four months, so I had to learn to walk again. I had a neck brace on. Wow. Uh, what wound up wound up happening is um, I broke my ankle. Had to have surgery on my ankle and my knee, and when I got to the hospital, uh, I also broke my neck. And, you know, I can always remember when I arrived at the hospital, one of the doctors said, you know, you should really either be dead or you should be a vegetable. From what we heard, there's no way that you should be alive. And mm. being in the hospital for the whole week, I just remember them bringing different specialists in, checking my limbs, checking, you know, they would do these tests to say, you know, how is he able to still move his, his feet? How is he able to still move his arms and his fingers? When we're looking at an x-ray that says his neck is broken. So, you know, it really took a lot of God and love for me to get through um, that season in my life. And then later down the line, um, 
went through a divorce. It was really, really a dark place. It was really tough. And I had to do a lot of things to really get through that. And like I said, God, when he gave me this idea about mental health advocacy and, you know, going through my own depression from divorce, I was like, okay, God, this makes sense because it aligns with what, what you've been trying to help me with. And he took me through a process. When, when I started, he took me through a process through my divorce. And uh, it was an unorthodox process, but I understood it later down the line. Like, okay, I see why you're, you're taking me through this process. So that's kind of my path and my journey on how it started. And, um, you know, I'm just going to continue to advocate for, for mental health because I think we really, really need it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think your story is pretty amazing because it's typical it's very common if when people have such a dramatic um, thing that happens, it's pretty typical for them to go into that place of depression and anxiety. And I, I really like how you started to come out of it. You used your faith as a foundation to help bring you from out of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to use your faith. And like I shared, you know, I, I want to, you know, share some things that God had me do that didn't make any sense. Um, I'm not a, a big crier. Like it takes me a lot to. And um, <laughs> so he told me to watch a few movies. Like, Why, God, I just want to be in my space. I used to I used to really come home where the darkness came in when I was going through my divorce. I used to come home after work and just sit in the dark like I wouldn't have the TV on. Like I just was in the dark and I was okay with being in the dark. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was kind of a metaphor, like in the darkness is where we find God. Um, And even the Bible talks about, you know, being in the secret place with God. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always have to be a good place. Sometimes it can be a a dark place and then you find God there. So he he told me to watch a few movies so I can I can laugh and share those movies. One of the movies he told me to watch was uh, 13 going on 30. And I was like, well, I've, I've, I've seen it as, mm-hmm. you know, one of my exes watched that movie, but I didn't know what I was going to get from that movie. And, you know, <laughs> what I what I wound up getting from that movie was if you if you know the movie, you know that she was 13. She said, you know, I want to be 30 and flirty and thriving or something like that while she was in her closet. She gets to 30. You miss all of these years. And then she reconnects with her friend maddie her best friend well he's like well you know you've been a jerk to me we haven't really talked or anything like that so it gets to a point where she's trying to remember everything and he's trying to like calm her down and it was a a greeting or a a goodbye that they used to say and it was like a a rivadurchi and then he would respond by saying au revoir and in that moment when i first saw it i just like bawled out in tears and i'm like why am i crying through this right and it's because uh, you know, real love kind of affects me when you when you have that person that you you've been cool with, and it's real love, and it was something that that she could remember to bring her back to the place of okay, this is where I know we're supposed to be, and and just kind of in that time, it was God saying you've been holding so much in. I know that uh, love and sacrifice when you see it in movies, certain things like that makes you cry. So I need you to watch it. It doesn't even matter if it makes sense. I just need right. you to watch it. And uh, I was, I just was like bawling. I was just bawling. Another movie I watched was A Walk to Remember. And then that. I love um, that movie. Isn't it a good movie? (laughs) (laughs) It is. I'm telling you, I remember, she's one of my exes. I remember watching it with her. 
But I remember that movie, and it was so much about his love for her. Like, mm-hmm. at first, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's like the popular kid. And, but they've been, you know, they, you find out they've been friends for a long time. Uh, they've known each other for a long time, and they kind of parted ways. Yeah. But the way that he, you know, and she told him, like, don't fall in love with me. We can, I can help you out, but don't yeah. fall in love with me. And they wound up falling in love, and he did everything he could, hoping that she would, you know, make it, and she didn't. And uh, it was powerful. And then the last movie was The Shack. And um, I, I've, you know, <laughs> I've read the book twice, but right. I wound up watching the movie. And it was a tough movie. It was a tough book, but just certain things like, God, why do you allow these things to happen? But when right. they, when they kind of go through the process of, you know, understanding really who God is and what the Trinity is and each role that plays a part. So, you know, God is, uh, I always say he's an unorthodox God, but it makes sense for him, even if it doesn't make sense for us. Mm-hmm. So watching those movies, I was able to just release and cry and get all the stuff that's been, I, I was dealing with out. So um, I understand that now. Scene in, <laughs> scenes in the shack, there, there were quite a few, but one of them was um, when, um, the character who was playing the role of God was baking bread. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times um, scripturally that has to do with, you know, um, bread of life, the word mm-hmm. of God being bread. And it also has to do with revelation. So yes. I just find it ironic that as you were, as it's almost like you were, um, getting different aromas of his bread mm. throughout that process, that revelation so that you can become, um, which was starting to take you out of that place from darkness to light. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Wow. That's a big revelation. <laughs> That's a big revelation right there. One of, one of the other things that, you know, even through my situations, you know, I, I never was really big on, you know, God, why did I, why did I get in an accident? I was just thankful that he saved me. Right. Um, and, and just to share a piece of that, when I woke up, because I had blacked out, when I woke up, the people that God had around me, so there was a nurse, there was an off-duty um, EMT, and there was a pastor there. So even wow. in that space, God still used the right people to make sure that I was good. Ah. You mm-hmm. know, so when in, in, the, uh, in the shack, when he had to go face the character, I can't remember the name of the character, but it was his opportunity to take the judgment seat. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, since you are questioning God's and how he handled it, you get up there and you take the judgment seat. Oh, by the way, I want you to decide which one of your children going to heaven and which one of your children are going to hell. And he couldn't do it. And it's like, as we kind of take a, you know, a step back in our lives and say, you know, could we do God's job? Could we could we handle judgment? Could we say who gets a pass and who doesn't? You know, so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about people that have done me wrong. Like, oh, why didn't they get in an accident instead of me? So, you know, you, you, you learn <laughs> certain things like that. You learn when you're going through. So those, you know, those movies help me a lot. I get that question quite often when I counsel people. Why did this mm-hmm. happen to me? And where was God in the midst of it? And that's also, I believe that's an answer uh, of revelation that you get along the way. I don't think it's a one-time answer, you know. Correct. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Chris, what would you say is, you know, has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? How long we got? (laughs) No, but, um, (laughs) um, you know, my biggest failure is it was not too long ago. God told me that I would, he would move me out of the state that I was in. So I live in Maryland. I live in Baltimore. And he said that I would move. But at the time, I didn't prepare myself right. So mm. I wound up quitting my job, my nine to five with no job, didn't have that much money saved on a, on a, on a whim. And, uh, you know, and not only did God reveal that to me in my prayer time, he revealed it through a prophet that he was going to move me. My failure was moving without any preparation. And it was so tough. Um, I had went to Atlanta to do mm-hmm. some speaking. And when I went to Atlanta, I met some people like, oh, come, if you move down here, connect with you. Um, one lady said, you know, you can work with my organization. So I said, okay, God, this must be you. <laughs> you, you have some connections. So when I went out there, it was like heaven shut up. <laughs> like nobody, everybody that I had connected with, wow. nobody was available. Okay. The lady that I was supposed to connect with, she she wouldn't even respond. I think I might got one response with. And at the time, my job, I was working with Verizon Wireless. They wouldn't allow me to transfer down there. Mm-hmm. Even though it was the same role, they had a center down there. But they were like, oh, you got to apply when a position is available. But I thought that it was time. So I went out there. I lost money. I was sleeping in my car. I was sleeping on friends' floors. Like I was truly like... And by the grace of God, when I realized like how much of a failure it was, I said, okay, God, the beautiful thing is I could always go back. And um, mm-hmm. I, I remember the day that I was just in tears. I felt so, you know, I have failed in life before, but not to this measure. And I, I just made up my decision. So I called my oldest brother and I had a heart to heart with him. We don't have many. And it was like, okay, I can, I can go back home. And even though I failed down here, I know God still has a purpose. Um, so when I got mm-hmm. back home, um, he opened some doors for me to say, you know, you got to move during my time. You went during your time. So mm-hmm. uh, that was the biggest failure. What I learned from that one is I learned that I could still trust God. So when it is time to move, I'll be I'll have prepared the correct way. So for everybody who's heard from God, please prepare because uh, if you're not ready it's going to show, <laughs> but, um, but I, that I can trust God when he tells me to move. It's wild that you're talking about that because, um, I just heard a sermon about this very thing. Mm. So I'm going to share with you guys my notes <laughs> from the sermon. Um, what do you do when you are in between the promise and the manifestation of the promise, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to share it with you guys. I'm not going to like do the sermon, but I will share it with you guys what he said. So you stand on the assurance. You stay persistent in your faith. You move forward. You take the steps to move forward and being faithful to what was promised to you. 
mm-hmm. and you never stop having expectation that he's going to, that God, I mean, um, that God is going to fulfill his promise to you. So that's wild because mm-hmm. I just heard that sermon yesterday at church. So yes. those, those, yeah. Yeah, and, and real quick, right before I left, I had reached out to a friend of mine who was married. Um, her uh-huh. and I have been friends since we were in middle school. And I said, hey, do you know any, you know, do you know anybody who has some space in their house? She said, no, but, um, you know, she said, if I let me talk to my husband. Now, I've never met her husband in my life and uh, he's never met me. But he allowed me to stay. They had a room in their basement. Um, he, they allowed me to stay for two weeks. And in those two weeks, you know, I was just like thanking God. I mean, I would be down there. I didn't have a job, so I would go to like Barnes and Noble, just spend all the days there, um, just going, reading, praying, go back to there, uh, go back to my room downstairs. And, you know, I tried to stay in there as much as I could. I felt uncomfortable, but, you know, he always was like, hey, man, why don't you come? And we and we had a real conversation and, you know, he was just kind of giving me some advice too. But the fact that that told me that God was in it. This man probably was like, I don't know you and I'm not going to leave you around my wife. But he he felt the spirit. He felt the connection and he knew there was mm-hmm. nothing crazy going on. And God just needed me to take that pit stop and just have a place of rest before I went back home. So um, God is always in the in the uh, he's always in the factors. He's always in the puzzle. So right. we just have to remember that even though it don't it may not look like it to us. Right. And a lot of times, like, you know, God might say, you know, like I hear a lot of times, well, God's calling me to, I don't know, full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. So in between the promise and and the manifestation of the promise is preparation, right? Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. you know, you always want to kind of, you know, seek God and say, what can I do to prepare? What can I do to get ready so that when the manifestation comes, you're able to walk in it, you know, Absolutely. you know, that could mean, I don't know, um, maybe working on getting ministerial licensure. It could mean um, partnering with um, a leader at your church so that you're um, being mentored. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It can mean different Absolutely. things. So yes. it can mean many different things. So I'm I'm excited, and and I'm glad that you shared that. And it just shows that, that I I really believe what we're talking about. This is something that God wants us to talk about, because how does that happen? I heard a sermon yesterday, and you brought that up. So right. like, yeah, <laughs> all in, all intentional, all his intentions, all his intentions. Yes, yeah, it's probably a message for me in there too. So <laughs> <laughs> so. What is a fun story, you know, that you have where you were as a mental health uh, advocate, where you were able to work with someone and and see real change? Sure. Um, so I can share a story that I had the opportunity to a friend of mine. Um, I had never heard about this lady before. A friend of mine said, Chris, you know, there's a conference coming up in D.C. This was in 2019. And uh, her name before is Tiffany. Mon- yeah, before COVID, her name is <laughs> Tiffany Montgomery. She had this conference, um, and I want you to, um, I want you to come. So she paid for my ticket. 
She was like, don't worry Daddy, about the ticket. This Daddy. is a gift from me to you. So I went, I was able to hear uh, Eric E.T. Thomas, the hip hop preacher and his manager and Tiffany. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the knowledge that, that I gained from there, I had an opportunity to um, do a mental health class uh, conference in front of some pastors and leaders. Mm-hmm. So I had a ball. Uh, one of the people were, was a former pastor of mine. And That's we cool. connected and, and, and right. We connected and we we talked, kind of talked about, you know, the past and the way I had grown and all of that. But just that opportunity from somebody thinking of me to be a blessing. And I could take that information that I got from that conference and connect with those pastors and talk about mental health and, you know, the weight and just hearing their weight. A lot of people don't really understand what pastors go through. They see pastors and they think, you know, they think money, they think these pastors just travel around the world with no issues. Even your local pastors going through, you know, a real go through just to people have to realize that when you are a pastor, it is a calling, but there are requirements, which Paul states. So not everybody who preaches is called. The Bible talks right. about that. Um, right. Wolves and sheep clothing. But at the same time, dealing with people's souls and dealing with people's stresses is kind of like what you do in counseling. Like it's not easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Who count, who counsels the counselors? Right. Who passes the pastor? Right. right. So but being able to to give them something and do a do a um, wasn't a, it was kind of like a meditation where I could just get them to, you know, kind of be in one space and calm, calm themselves and think about the goodness of the Lord and just be still um, mm. was was kind of so, so fun for me. I'll never forget this conference. Um, I had a blast and I, I got an opportunity to connect with some other pastors and leaders and uh, for future events. So um, that, that was that conference, one, getting that invitation and then taking that knowledge that I had to be able to go speak and be a part of this conference was really good and connecting with my old pastor was really fun. So um, it was a blessing. It was a blessing to do that. Yeah, I I would I could see you like being able like doing that more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going ahead mm-hmm. and speaking in public and everything more. You know, because you're yes. so charismatic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> somebody actually just somebody reached out to me, and they said, you know, Chris, I had a dream that that you were speaking, uh, you were touring colleges, and you were speaking at colleges and helping a lot of college students that are going through um, and really connected them to Christ. Because everything that I do, not to sound super saved or holy, I'm by no means perfect, but, you know, I'm in a space where my walk is about freeing people. I want people to be free from themselves and understand the goodness of the Lord. And um, you can, don't worry about all that other political stuff as it relates to religion. Just worry about Mm -hmm. having that true relationship with God, understanding who Christ is and why he came and really studying the gospels. I've been doing that more, really studying and finding out who Jesus is. So they were like, I can, I saw it. And I've heard that before, um, Mm -hmm. just in the podcast that I've done and jumping on clubhouse and really helping some people, you know, so I'm all for it. If if it's what God wants me to do, I'll do it. Yeah, I can see that in you. So, and you know what, and what you said was true, because uh, I know, like, pastors, because, you know, I'm um, I'm also a um, 
licensed and ordained minister. And mm-hmm. I sometimes wonder who does the called go to? Who can the call go to? You know, that's, that's really a safe space to go mm-hmm. to, you know. So I think that's a special calling for someone to take on. And I'm so glad that you were able to be a resource for them, to be a safe space for them, and that God was able to use you in that way. You yes, know? absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Who would you say is one of your heroes? And why is that person a hero to you? Sure. Um, my hero is, is always sounds cliche, but my hero is, is my father. Um, we haven't always had like the greatest relationship. When I was adult, not partially I was on me when I was young, he was a police officer. So we didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of time to connect. But what I would say about him is that he showed us how to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. He showed us no matter what you're doing, no matter how heavy life is. You know, one of the things he always talks about with me and my siblings, I have two brothers and one sister. He said, you, you guys have to stay close. And he's always told my brothers, like, you have one mother and one sister. I don't care what's going on in your life. You make sure you take care of them. So, you know, his his work ethic, him taking care of, of us, his family. You know, mm-hmm. me and my siblings, we have a running joke. Like, our parents, if they never had us, they probably they probably would have been millionaires. But thinking about having <laughs> four kids and trips. I think, and, oh, I think a lot of parents <laughs> say that, though. <laughs> right, right. They, I mean, they, pray, they pay for private school and, Mm-hmm. And like all the stuff that they had to, to, to pay for, like, and now grandkid stuff. So, like, but, you know, he, everything he did, he did, and he still does. And no matter what, he taught us, you know, how to be men, how to lead our families. Um, and, you know, it's so funny because not too long ago, I want to say last year, it might have been last year, he, uh, he gathered us all up and, you know, we met at a restaurant and he said, you know what? I I brought you guys here because I wanted to know where I failed as a father when you were younger. And I thought, wow, how many parents do that? How many parents want to know where they failed? Most parents think they did everything they were supposed to do and mm-hmm. their kids should be fine. But and they want to flowers and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> they want awards. They want flowers. They want, they want the whole, they want the whole thing. Right. The whole thing. And but he was humble enough to say, Where you know, where did you need me and I could have been there for you? Mm. So when he said that it was just like, Man, it kinda took me back. Like this is this is why he is my hero. Like because when he's long gone, I still have a job to do, but I learned from the best. Right. From, I, you know, I learned from the best that, that showed me how to be a man, how to step up how to take care of my family no matter what. So I think it's so um, important to have those mentors too, you know, those relationships with people, you know, what would you say to people that maybe if they're in a single parent household and, you know, maybe they have a son or daughter because, you know, it could be a man or, you know, single parent can be a man or a female. Would, Mm -hmm. what would you say to them on things they could do to, so that they could have a similar type of an example in those situations. Absolutely. I would definitely encourage them to connect their child with someone who's close, someone that they trust that can speak into their children's lives mm, and really yeah. and really 
be a mentor. You know, most I, I was a youth leader at my previous church. And what I found is that the youth, they and this was true probably for everybody, even when we were younger. Like you had that friend's parents that you could tell everything, but you couldn't tell your parents because you know that they were going to keep mm-hmm. the secret as long as it wasn't nothing crazy. But they were going to be there mm-hmm. and they weren't going to, you know, pound on you like your parents. So for single parents, you have the opportunity. If there's someone in your church, if there's someone in the family, if there's someone that, that's a close friend or someone you work with, don't take it personal that your kid can't come to you. You may not have created a space for them to come to you yet. Right. Um, I talk find about that a lot with people too. Yeah. Yes. Find somebody who can speak into your, your kid's life and really be there. My pastor, who's my pastor now, he was my youth pastor when I was 13. And mm-hmm. um, our lives came, you know, things happened in life uh, where he kind of went off for a little bit, so we stopped talking. But when he came back around, it was like nothing stops. And, um, you know, he left his church and started a church. I was leaving, going out of my church. And um, he called me and was like, hey, you can come on over. I'm not pressuring you or nothing. And it was just the right time. And now I'm I'm in a program to become a full-time minister. And But, you know, it's because of people like him who said, I'm always going to be here for you. And I can call him three, four in the morning if I'm going through a crisis or if I just need to, I can't sleep. And he'll, he'll pick up his phone, give me a minute to get myself together. So I would just encourage single parents, find somebody who you trust, who you trust your kids that they can talk to you invent to you and um, and don't try to find out what they're talking about when your child is ready to come to you they they they, yeah. they will yeah they single will. parents will are got a parent period what y'all doing <laughs> right 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 what y'all talking about right and i and find a mentorship if, i mean there's so many mentorships especially here in baltimore and we have a lot of women more so women organizations that try to help young women but well, i know big brothers big sisters too there's big brothers no. big sisters i know you know i know other mentorship men who are mentoring young men so find that it's it's mm-hmm. out here so you can find it because i know it's, it's out there so that's that's the advice i would give to them <laughs> so i think i think you i thank you for uh, you know taking the time to talk with us today and just giving us this um, additional information and just kind of sharing your heart with everybody. Um, audience, we will definitely be doing, this is like an introduction to Chris. <laughs> so, but we will be um, talking and doing future projects together and including the podcast. And I'm very excited about that. But Chris, if someone was wanting to connect with you, um, how would they be able to do that? Sure. How would they absolutely. be able to reach out to you? Do you have a website? or something of that nature? Well, they can reach out through social media. Um, you can go on Facebook, Christopher Massey. Um, you can reach me on there. Um, when this podcast go up, um, Alicia will put out the information. You'll be able to see my, my face and, and make sure it's the right Christopher Massey. I didn't know there's so many of us out there, but <laughs> I guess everybody's name is double tripled up somewhere. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram. Um, I have my I Am Strength uh, Inc. So I am Strength Inc. That's my business page. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, my personal page. So CEO underscore Massey, CEO underscore M A S S E Y. You can uh, reach out to me there and connect with me. If you have any questions, if you want to chat or whatever the case may be, please feel free to reach out to me. And I would love to talk. Well, love to talk to you. 
That's wonderful. So audience, um, of course, you will find this as you do with the other guests. You'll find the, his information in um, the summary of the episode as well. So you can just go ahead and, and click on those links in order to connect with him. If you would like to connect with him and get to know him, um, uh, you know, get to know him and what he does in a, in a better way. He is truly um, a motivational speaker, as you heard earlier before, his inspirational story as well as a mental health advocate and when it comes to being an encouragement and bringing hope towards other people. So whatever you choose to do, audience, when it comes to anything, you know, I, the key takeaways I think are, are holding on to hope, which I could talk about a lot, as well as um, making sure that you, in the middle of your um, journey, you're making some type of step or movement so that you can see the manifestation of the promise. So I, I thank you for joining us today. It is truly a pleasure. And audience, I say to you, continue to move forward in your good health. And I look forward to talking with you guys on our next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to Elisha's Space, where we discuss issues of mental health and faith. Like our shows? Subscribe so you can be in the know of upcoming episodes. Now go move forward in your healing journey.